Hey everybody, welcome back to the Sound Test Podcast. This is the host, Brian, here, and I am joined with Maximilian. Hey, hey, I'm eating Oreos right now. <laughs> you need to get his honey nuts in. Stop. No, let's not bring that back. Let's not bring that back. Let's leave that in yesterday, okay? <laughs> I'm hungry. Um, we have Deontay. Uh-huh. <laughs> every week every time um and we are joined by a good friend of us um will be new to the sound test uh podcast listeners we have our friend clayton Ikaza. oh my god why did you say it so <laughs> close to the close mic, to the mic. <laughs> oh my god now the no. listeners are gonna be like oh no no mm-mm they're like oh my god there's another weeb oh, jesus christ what's going on so um i think I, I i put in like the description of like sound test but i never like i don't think we've ever like specified uh we are all musicians and yes we, the, the whole idea was like us all musicians and people of color and nerds so like that was like a a, a big crossover of three different things um so Clayton, what was your principal instrument? Well, principal instrument when I was in college was clarinet, and then I picked up oboe and a few others along the way. Yeah, because you just hate yourself, so you wanted to play oboe. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. most definitely because that. It, oof, you just oh, couldn't oh. let leave well enough alone, could you? You just had to pick that other shit up. I'm, <laughs> I'm a type A kind of person, so I want to be the best at everything and anything. Oh, you can actually get knocked out by the Pokemon in this? Jesus. <laughs> it says everything went black. Jeez. Someone get me to the hospital ASAP. Um, so yeah, um, Brian, me, I do Euphonium. Um Max is also Same thing. Euphonium baritone. Yep, also Euphonium Cookman University. And um Deontay, you also Orion. No, <laughs> no. We were discussed this earlier. You asked me why I hate the sound of the clarinet, and I told you why. Oh my god! So I play accordion now, and you cannot change this. The listeners are going to be in for a real treat this episode. Oh god! So, um, <laughs> so t- today, um, we're going to be talking about Pokemon Legends Arceus. Arceus, thanks. Okay. I feel like they change it every time. Is it Arceus or Arceus? I've been saying Arceus from the start. When I use my Google uh, t- uh, uh, speech to text, I say Arceus. It spells it right. So I'm using that. Well, what does the, the video trailer say? say Arce- it says Arceus in the beginning. Arceus. That's yeah, what I thought. Yuck. Yuck. Because I thought for years it was Arceus, but then they were in it's like, no, it's Arceus. I thought Arceus would be if you put a K there instead of a C. Oh, that's English for you. English, thanks. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're we're going to talk about this. Um, mostly because one is 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 coming out like extremely soon. It comes out January twenty eighth. Um, and it's a completely different take on Pokemon. Um. And because of the, and we they recently revealed some 
new information and new gameplay elements about it. Because um, this game was announced last year, I think, around January. Um, and they've been pretty, like, hush-hush about aspects of the game. Um, it was only, like, till this, like, last little, last few weeks leading up to the game, game that they actually started to push more information out. So, uh, we're going to talk about Pokemon Arceus. Um, basically, our expectations, what we've seen from the gameplay, our thoughts um, regarding that. Um, but before we did that, I wanted to see what are our thoughts on the game leading up to Arceus, which was Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. <laughs> okay. I was, I was waiting for it, Max. I was waiting for it, Max. <laughs> oh my gosh. But I personally, I have a lot of thoughts. So, um, first thought, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, we already know that these are remakes and back in the early 2010s, we had Pokemon Diamond, Pearl, and then its predecessor, Pokemon, um, with the Giratina. Platinum, Platinum with Giratina. And we have the lead uh, Legendaries with Dialga and Palkia and stuff like that. So it's great to see um, the Sinnoh League again with Piplup and the other starters in just a new, refreshing, modernized setting since it just came out second. originally in the Hold US. Up. Hold up. Okay. You, you mean to tell me... I'm not I'm not the Pokemon person in the group, so yeah, like I didn't know. But you mean to tell me that they purposely made Shining Diamond and Brilliant Pearl along with Arceus so that way it could be both be in the Sinnoh region? I was actually about to touch on that. Well, um <laughs> Go ahead, because... Clayton, and I'll I'll say what I had to say. Yeah, but um, thoughts. I've I've been enjoying it. I didn't even get my first gym badge yet, but I've been playing other things like Overwatch and getting good at Apex. Um, but um, as far as I can tell, the only gripe that I have is with the XP share. And if you've played the game before, the XP share was an item that one of your party Pokemon held, so they can get that. And as somebody who played competitively. Um, in Pokemon with duos and singles, um, it really affected my IV and EV training. So, um, and with IV, that's individual value, and EV being um, value that you get from, yeah, effort values. So, with those two things uh, as a factor, your first team in this game is not going to be the team that you want to take into battle if you want to play competitively in like smaller leagues or in communities and stuff like that you're just going to have to do that after you're done with everything so just so you could get through the elite four and cynthia but other than that i have no gripes with it okay so do people play this game competitive well this one specifically well there's a whole meta there's a whole meta on just competitive pokemon in general um but to to piggyback what you said earlier, Deontay, about them like putting the games so close together, um, I absolutely think this was a whole COVID thing because I do not think uh, Brilliant Diamond was supposed to be out like in November of last year. Like it, because the way Pokemon Company usually operates, mainline Pokemon games are usually like a year apart and they always fall in on that November time slot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm I'm just assuming COVID messed some things up and messed some things around because there will be never be a point where they will put two mainline Pokemon games immediately right by each other. Because if you really think about it, that's like what three months between 
Arceus and Brilliant Diamond Shine and Pearl. Yeah, I was about to say like that they never do anything like that ever. Like they would and do it, that for a like spinoff. It, yeah, I guess they will do it like it probably would have been like Shining Diamond and Pearl Pinball or some shit like that if they if it was really up to them. <laughs> so that put two games that are like mainline games because these are both mainline games. That reminds me that they, they haven't made a Pokemon like pinball game in a while. But anyway, um, yeah, I I kind of feel like this this game Brilliant Diamond was supposed to come out like way earlier than it actually came out um because it it just doesn't it doesn't seem right that they would put two games two massive games at that two big games yeah that close together and like just looking back at pokemon sword and shield sword and shield was released in 2019 um they did something different instead of doing a third version or a direct sequel they just did expansion passes which is cool i get that but the the crown tundra that released in October of 2020 which i even feel that's kind of like if 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 you were to do a remake it would have probably been something like if if they already knew that rcs was coming up rcs would probably been nintendo's big november game and they probably would have put brilliant diamond you know shining pearl like early 2021 hmm yeah, but you gotta say, developers doing things from home takes anything to get done. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm right. I'm I'm talking it up to COVID related delays and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. But I I've I've beaten um, Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, and so far my sentiments are exactly what Clayton said, where the experience all is just on by default, meaning no matter what happens if you catch a pokemon if you battle a pokemon pokemon everybody in your team gets experience regardless and it does make you go through the game legitimately like way faster because you're not you know constantly swapping pokemon in and out you're not training specific pokemon but as you said competitive that's junk's out the window because the way you you build up your ivs and evs is dependent on who the Pokemon are facing and who are they're knocking out that affects all those stats, but it just made the game way too easy. Like it made the game and, dumb easy. And they, they didn't okay. doing that for all of the modern Pokemon games. They've been doing that. I, I forgot which generation started it. I it, wish they would stop it. It's sun X and moon. Y. I don't think X, Y, I think it was an option X and Y, but it was like, it was, it was still an item. I think, I think in Sun and Moon it was yeah. on by default, and you could turn it off. But then in Sword and Shield, there's like, oh, no, you just can't turn right. it off. I like the option. I like the like having that as an option for the more casual players, and then being turn that off, competitive players. That that's awesome. That, that that's an awesome thing to do. The something that they should do instead of forcing you to go baby mode, like they've been doing. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and also like. Even if they don't present that as an option, turning on and off the XP share, at least unlock it after you defeat the Pokemon League. Because if if they are talking about accessibility for new Pokemon players and people just getting into the franchise at this point in time, um, yeah, it'll be easier on younger kids, whoever's going into it, you'll get through the Pokemon League. You'll have to do some extra work at some points. So obviously, it's still a game. But um, after that, then we could just toggle those settings with Eevee 
uh, so we could Evie and Ivy train to our hearts are content because nobody, if you've ever like met somebody who plays competitively, competitively um, in the Pokemon games like that, their team that they started off with in the game, that's not the team that they're going to take with them at any point in time. Yeah. And, and Deontay, to let you know, like how serious people get with, with, um, you know, competitive Pokemon, every Pokemon has base stats. However, a Pokemon's nature affects, you know, how certain stats grow. So like if a Pokemon is a certain nature, then let's just say the attack stat will grow much f- further than any of the other stats, but in but the, you know, defense stat may go slower than all the others. So it's stuff like that. So like people would I was about to say, it's kind of like Fire Emblem, where depending on the class that you pick, certain stats with certain classes level up faster than the others with certain characters. Yeah, bro. And uh, that came into breeding. People would legit breed Pokemon Mm -hmm. to have the right nature to get them to be the strongest. Right. And they will, like, constantly breed them over and over until they get good stats or, like, close to perfect stats. Um, Wait, so each Pokemon can have a... It it can be, like, two Pikachus, but they can have two different natures? Oh, yeah. There's, like... There's like what eighteen different natures, or something of the sorts. And even um, what nature is concerned and the competitive scene in that manner, if breeding, yes, that is option one. But I've seen other people that they will just get those um, those little cartridge cartridges that you just put in, get those sheet codes, and you could create Pokemon with this sure. uh, exact natures. Mm-hmm. So they could up their um IVs up to thirty one because it goes from scale from zero to thirty one, and, and they just. Card, baby that's that cheat sheet right there but um i've never used it i've just seen it used but there's in the game genie so that way i can make my charizard skittish (laughs) but um so as somebody who's beaten like the the pokemon league because of experience all pretty much the whole game was just a cakewalk um i stuck with it because i just i really love gen 4 gen 4 was like my favorite generation um, it's a toss-up between Gen 4 and Gen 2, which was, like, my favorite Pokemon experience. But I really loved Gen 4. I loved Sinnoh. I loved the world and all that. Um, so I was still, like, very much engaged in the gameplay. Um, but it's 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 so bad because once you get to the Pokemon League, the difficulty ramps up a lot, as it should. But it almost becomes kind of broken because Cynthia just her typing of her team and you know the way they actually set up her boundaries where she can she has counters to you know things that you would normally you know go against her pokemon or types with um she has a lot of counters against that and that garchomp boy good god that garchomp is oh my god her garchomp is a is a run killer yeah and it's just like it's such a slap in the face because everything up up until that point is so easy and it just bam big level spike and she's just like one-shotting your pokemon and you're just like why (laughs) now there's oh Oh, sorry go ahead clayton oh no and also talk about healing her pokemon yeah the full restores the full restores i know that should be illegal but you know i don't make the rules nintendo does do you boo boo Bro, that that hurt me so much because like when I was going through there, I had a I had a strategy because I had a Drapion hunt, and I was like, all right, I know Drapion's about to get like sh- you know two shot it. Let me just set up this toxic so even if he gets two shot it, I could put like 
my Torterra out because he could tank some hits and, you know, slowly will, will away their health. This mother, she, she used full restore and just eliminated the poison and went back to full health. And I was just like, great. This man, Drapion, died for nothing. Rest in peace. The poor bottle out for our homie, Drapion. <laughs> Drapion. <laughs> but um, I, I do like the enhancements they brought to um, Diamond and Pearl. So, like, the Grand Underground has been expanded where you can catch rare Pokemon that you've never, like, that was never part of the normal experience in Sinnoh. Like, really? Yes. So, after I beat the game, you know, it opens up the national decks and you could get, you know, it opens up the Pokemon from Gen 1, 2, and 3. Mm-hmm. Bruh, I went down there and just casually, uh, Chikorita was just walking around. Really? Where you found it? And I, 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 it was just in, under, in the underground, in the little grassy area. It was like a level 60 <laughs> Chikorita. <laughs> and I, I, I caught it. And I did the same thing with a Charmander. And it was just like random Pokemon that you would not normally see or shouldn't be accessible in Sinnoh. It's just there in the underground. So that means canonically Sinnoh is literally keeping other Pokemon from the rest of the world <laughs> and hiding them underground. Wait, you guys don't know that lore? So, um, because there's actually like a little lore. I remember going back and playing the game multiple times and there was something called the cave of being which actually connects the Unova and Sinnoh regions and since um those two regions are connected and all that stuff i was like oh what else is there to explore but also we got to remember that the pokemon map the first four gens they're within the same continent um so they're in the same landmass they're just different re regions of that landmass well not no, other than they're they're well, in the same general area because yeah, Sinnoh and Hoenn is basically islands, but they're they're relatively close. They're they're close enough that Pokemon people can travel because like you'll you'll see in Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, there'll be like people from um, Gen Two will just be there. You're from the Johto region, yeah. Well, I that's had that's pretty dope. Have you played the um? Have you played the little multiplayer part where you have to go mining, Brian? Um, not really. Um, I don't think. I mean, I have. I'm pretty sure I have plenty of friends that have Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. The multiplayer aspect of the mining stuff never was like big on me. I like okay. mining to find you know evolutionary stones and stuff like that. But I never I got, got you. I played. I played. Well, let me tell you, I played the ever loving crap out of that mode in particular and i just wanted to see if they expanded it at all i i think there's some extra stuff to it i i'm not sure he just don't doesn't care enough to actually explore it no i get it i mean because i again i was just like going to the underground finding pokemon just rare pokemon I, i've never you know and, and you know pokemon that would have been like if you think back in gen 4 would have been so hard to find because like for instance, if you wanted a Chikorita at that time, you would have to literally, like, it was so stupid. It was like, because there was Gen 4, Gen 2 remakes didn't happen yet at that point when Diamond and Pearl was out. So in order to get those, you know, Gen 2 starters, you would have had to have, I think it was beaten uh, Ruby 
it was, it was something it was some ridiculous requirement for at Pokemon Emerald and you get the choice of one of the three uh Johto starters. They were just not easily accessible. It was, it was something ridiculous like that. And then you had to move them from the GBA game to uh Pokemon Diamond or Pearl on a DS. Ooh. A bunch of roundabout crap. But anyway, um moving on, um and and again, before we get to the big topic, um just want to see what was your feelings on the franchise Pokemon franchise in general up until this point until we get to Arceus um being me, I used to be a Pokemon junkie way back when I stopped actually Gen 4 so when they brought Gen 4 back they're like yep I gotta get a piece of this um I there's a lot of things that I don't like what they did well the don't like what they did about the Pokemon series. One of them, the big one of the biggest things being the whole XP share thing, just babyfying it. Um, but they did. They, they, I see. They are trying to go outside of the typical Pokemon formula, like with certain games. I know I used to play a lot of Pokemon. I know Pokemon Go is a mobile game, but I used to play a lot of Pokemon Go. Stuff like that is really fun. Games that are a bit more interactive. With the Pokemon, I know uh, the, the they add the you know they start to add different systems like the Gigant- Gigantamax system, the um, the Mega Evolutions, the Mega Evolutions. A lot of that stuff is really cool. Moves and Sun and Moon. Mm-hmm. A lot of that stuff's really cool. Um, but I don't know. I haven't. Me personally, I haven't just gotten that drive to get back into Pokemon for real. Mm. Mm-hmm. I can I can totally relate. Um, because I, again, just like you, Max, I was a Pokemon junkie. I'm talking like I played Gold, I played Crystal, um, Leaf Green, Fire Red, like any like early Pokemon game where you just have to train the Pokemon. I've played it. I've owned Diamond, um, Platinum, Moon, X. Like, I'm all for that. Even Battle Revolution on the Wii. Like, I even played that. And even Pokemon Coliseum on the GameCube. Yo, like, I I know... Like, Pokemon Revolution <laughs> on the Wii was dope. Even though it was, Yo, there was no story to it, but that joint was dope. <laughs> exactly. Because we could just transfer our team over to the game, and then we could just play off of the Wii. And, like, that... Like that is yeah. freaking cool. Like that that was like groundbreaking around said, the time that it came right. out. Right. You said a certain one too, like Pokemon Coliseum. Me and play the hell out of that. You could connect Pokemon Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald to it and do it. See, see when I got to see my 2D sprite Pokemon go into 3D, I went crazy. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, go crazy. Ah, oh, go stupid. Ah, go stupid. <laughs> but um as a feeling for the entire franchise, I think Pokemon is finally starting to get back on track with this new game based off the preview because i know i stopped playing pokemon um because i was so unenthused with where the franchise was going pokemon became unoriginal um they kept recycling all that stuff and i know that creativity is like very hard like you just pop up with a new pokemon design and stuff like that color palettes and everything behind that but it just felt like it stagnated like it lost its magic per se I'm not sure if that's just an effect of what I call old itis or growing up, but um, I th- am thoroughly impressed with 
how I've enjoyed Diamond, Brilliant Diamond so far. I just haven't picked it up because I really wanted to get good at other video games. But I was really happy that I have that nostalgia. But that's also the the caveat to it. Nostalgia purposes. Is that why they're re-releasing Diamond and Pearl? It, so it just makes me question, um, you are we going to get think, more re-released? You also got to think about how taxing it is to design new a new Pokemon game means we have to design hundreds of new Pokemon. Well, yeah. I mean, they usually, the the structure that they usually have it, a new generation of Pokemon usually comes out like every three or four years. And that's because they usually have, you know, the start of a new gen. Then they have like, you know, the third version of that new gen. And then they will have a remake after that. And then they will have that other new gen. So like it'll be it's usually a buffer in between, you know. Um for me it's a little different because my 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 only Pokemon games were really gold, Ruby, I've I've tickled black too. Why do you say tickled? <laughs> I tickled black too. <laughs> that sounds awful. <laughs> and like I didn't really enjoy that one at all. And I played quite a bit of um Sun and Moon. Sun and Moon was the last one that I played and I was enjoying it. And then I then Monster Hunter came in my life and was like, nah, you you gotta stop here. Play <laughs> me instead. <laughs> and so I used to really enjoy the older pokemons but then like i could tell something was off when i played sun and moon because the xp share thing was a existed as well but like you said you could turn it off and it just made the game feel very bleh like there wasn't really any challenge to it it was just papa z move i win you know and that's what it was and then i discovered the joy and wonder of SMT, which is basically adult Pokemon <laughs> with demon. And that scratched my Pokemon itch. And the only reason why I've kind of like sashayed from Pokemon as far as the, you know, creature capture capturing deal with a game is because of the fusion and the fusing element of the Shimigami Tensei and Persona fusing the demons together to make other demons thing. You still make the demons, but you still have to like capture them as well by having conversations. And there's no telling how you would get <laughs> get a demon. Just like with a Pokemon, when you throw a Pokeball, you don't know whether or not if the Pokemon's gonna stay in the ball after the three wiggles. So it was, that was always an interesting aspect. So you, the games felt synonymous to me, but SMT clicked with me more. And so I think with them trying to resurge and trying to recapture solely on nostalgia isn't a bad tactic, but they could be doing a little bit better as far as like, you know, some fan feedback or something where they actually listen to what in the heck is going on with what fans want out of these games and i think rcs is an interesting take on that which we will get to yes so um and this you know this is the whole reason i asked this question um for me and just to show you how like far i've like you know 
Verge from the franchise. Pokemon Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl was the first time I've beaten a Pokemon game since X and Y. Sheesh. What? And that's and I get it. And the thing is, it's not like I didn't buy Sun and Moon. I didn't buy Sword and Shield. I I have those games. I've purchased those games. It's just those games just never. They didn't click. Yeah, they didn't click. They didn't. It, it was just some. It was just certain things about those games that just didn't keep me in and keep me invested. And Sword and Shield was like the worst of those offenders because it was like Sword and Shield. I probably put like ten hours in that game, if that. And it Ooh. it got to the point I was just so just bored of the game and bored of the franchise. And, you know, with Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, I jumped in knowing, hey, this is Gen 4. I love Gen 4. I know about the quirks of Gen 4. I know about, you know, this area region very, very well. You know, that's and that was the main thing pushed me through this. And I enjoyed it because I it was very familiar. But it was just so much missteps leading up into this point that just didn't allow me to really like enjoy the franchise for a, a very long time. And like mm. X and Y was like what, 2012, 2013. Yeah. Quite a while ago. Yeah. That's almost 10 years ago. <laughs> um, And so I say all that because RCS is very different very different from anything we've seen up until this point yeah i could definitely agree me seeing this um me watching this trailer for the gameplay preview for it they 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 want to make it feel more like an actual world they including different features like you're you yourself as the trainer are, are a factor in the battle now like so that's different let, let's let's get into this part proper so pokemon legend arceus if for whatever reason you've just been completely out of the loop or just completely blind um it's essentially an open world pokemon game which is kind of a misnomer. uh what was the term miss something um <laughs> I, 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 I wish i knew which word you i wish i knew what word you're trying to use i wish i did too god um, vocabulary stay in school kids um but you graduated from school so what's the <laughs> anyway <laughs> <laughs> and that's the sad part we all got degrees we all have degrees we educated <laughs> they're not english degrees <laughs> but they're degrees nonetheless oh man but um basically Pokemon always were kind of open world in the idea that, you know, you had missions and stuff like that. You had things you had to do, but you could just kind of just explore the world. That was always an element of the Pokemon games. But when I say more open world in this sense, that effect that you're fully untethered. And it was like one of the dumb things that Pokemon fans just had to deal with, like for these for years was the fact that we had no camera control. And, you know, we just we was always on a fixed camera and like we can only see parts of the environment. But in this game, it it is really kind of giving you the and I hate to say it because everybody's going to compare it to it. But the Breath of the Wild treatment where you see that mountain, you can go to that mountain or, you know, you see this yeah. valley, you can get to that valley. There's no barrier stopping there. there, you know, stopping like, you getting there. 
the immediate moment in the trailer where they showed your trainer going on that damn bird on a hang glider. I yeah. was like, God damn it. Y'all had to do that? Oh, bro, and the, the little piano, <laughs> the little soft piano cues. Yeah, I was like, come on. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was just, it was, it was very Breath of the Wild. Like, um, but yeah, I, it's such a different take on it also because it's set in the Sinnoh region, but it's the Hisui region, which is basically the predecessor to Sinnoh. But it's like, what, feudal Japan era. So they don't have the modern technologies as we had in Sinnoh. You know, this is like... Sticks and twigs. (laughs) Right, like this is the first development of the concept of the Pokédex and the um and the pokeballs and researching pokemon um so let's let's i, I just want to open the floor what are your you know seeing the new gameplay actually let me do this let's talk about the the gameplay preview that was just recently released um i have some notes on it so let me just go through some of the things that we've seen through the trailer um so yeah the new region is called Hisui region which is the predecessor's predecessor to Sinnoh um basically the same formation map but done you know hundreds of years in the past um there's a crafting system which is like really brand new um again another Breath of the Wild-esque element or open world element in which um you're tasked with finding materials in the environment to use to make your pokeballs or make different things for either capturing Pokemon or things that you need for quests or items and things like that, potions and things like that. Um, Pokemon are just out in the, you know, overworld now. So Mm -hmm. it's not like the old Pokemon games where you travel through tall grass and then suddenly your Pokemon pops out. Like they're just out in the open. It's more so like, uh, uh, it's more so like sword and shield, just a little bit better. Yeah, much, much better implementation because they're just out in the open and you can like literally see them, you know, interacting with the environment. You see them interacting with other Pokemon, casually walking around or cutting shit from trees and stuff like that. Yeah. Or if it starts to rain, they'll like react to what's going on and stuff like that. Um, It makes it feel much more like an actual world. (laughs) Um, uh, My question. Like if if that's a part of the game, I don't. I wonder how. Like, I hope it's not like a tacked on thing, like where you'll only use it minusculely, just to get like minor items, like stuff to make lures to capture the Pokemon, or use the berries to make better berries that your Pokemon go hold, or is it something that you can actually use where you can find like moonstones to like help Pokemon evolve, or you know. Stuff like that, or being able to make rare candies, or something like that. That would be interesting with the rare candy. Yeah. Um, and crafting the really, okay. really like rare materials in the game that have like a 0.2% of spawning or something like that. Also true. But um, as far as my opinion on the crafting the items, that's pretty awesome since we always usually have the Pokemart and um, Pokemon Center in every town that we visited in prior games. Now that we have the items, we could just collect them, find them in the wild, and it gives us time to explore, as Brian was saying, and even gives us time to just um, 
just get a feel of the new Pokemon world that the Pokemon franchise is going in. Because I'm pretty sure after this game, they're not gonna, they're not just gonna go back to the regular standard. Oh, um, like no control of the camera, no right. doing all and this stuff. Like unless it's like another remake, because you know, Poke, you know, Nintendo loves those. Um, I don't. Maybe it won't be a complete deviation from the standard Pokemon formula, because I'm pretty sure there's a lot, there's a good portion of the fandom. That love that, that had sees no problem with that formula, really. But this more immersive Pokemon style where you get to explore the world, uh, fight with your Pokemon. This is the stuff that we talked about when we were kids. Like, I would like we were like, oh, if only we could have like an open world Pokemon where we can adventure. Now we we, we had it, we got it now. This is quite, <laughs> this is quite literally it. And they, they, I like how they learn from their. They are learning from some of the shield wasn't the best example, let's be honest. Sword and Shield was definitely not the best examples, but I see that they're implementing a few more things in uh Pokemon Arceus. Being able to being able to ride your Pokemon, being able to climb the mountains, being able to go anywhere in the world, being able to go like a lot of uh, you can see a lot of stuff they got from Breath of the Wild, the gliding system they had. Well, f- flying system in this. And then they put their own spin on it. Like you can surf, fly, you can fucking ride on Pokemon. Like that's cool. That stuff. Like oh, I would love to do shit like that. And and you know that's you know that was one of the things that people always, you know, they always wanted Pokemon to feel closer to the anime. You know, anime made it feel like a, a big world, an expansive world. And heck, even in the what like the first episode of of the anime. Ash got like attacked by a bunch of sparrow <laughs> or Pidgeys or something like that. Like, oh, <laughs> right? Like he got physically attacked. Like it, it made it known that hey, these are still animals at animals. the core. And and if if Pokemon was real, it'd be very easy to die in the because these are just animals but stronger. <laughs> <laughs> these are animals plus. It's like right. squirrel throw acorn or something if they were nah, like, except for now the squirrel's gonna shoot a fucking fireball at you. <laughs> I don't want to go to work and be like, hey, boss, I can't come to work. Um, this freaking ratata just ate my tires, and I don't know like what <laughs> just, to do. Just, just nibbled away at my tires. This Teddy, this this goddamn uh, infern, this wild infernate burned down my home last night. So now I'm at a show. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> I go from tired to go to arson. <laughs> I can't come into work today. A wild Blastoise used hydro pump literally through my house. <laughs> I can't come to work. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Um, a Gengar got into our house last night and possessed my wife. And, um, you know, we got to see an exorcist now. You know how it is. So, um, <laughs> he used Dream Eater and she's like twitching and she's on the ceiling right now if you want to talk to her. <laughs> so, oh, oh I, my god, crafting! I think it's a cool idea. Hopefully, it's just not tactical. Yeah, I well, I feel like it, at certain point it's going to be you know, law of diminishing returns. Because in the trailer, we saw at one point the um the little character avatar. He had like ninety pokeballs. That's a lot of pokeballs. Right. <laughs> It might be just be that build. I get, but that's a lot of Pokeballs just to be casually having around. Um. So, 
uh, as you said, the Pokemon are out in the open world and they can attack you. And so, like, there's a new mechanic on actually catching the Pokemon in which you can uh, send, like, a berry or some type of food out and have lure the Pokemon over there to throw the Pokeball. Or you can just, like, sneak up and throw the Pokeball. But if, you know, the Pokemon catches you, some, and, like, this is cool that some have different behaviors. So some may, like, run away. Some, like... Some like the Bidoof just don't care. They'll just look at you right in your face. <laughs> just like he actually does and when you actually have him. Um, but some will like actually attack you. And some will physically attack you as the player. Uh, as Max was saying earlier, like especially the ones that like uh what what's the term they call it? Alpha Pokemon. If that oh, yeah, alpha Pokemon yeah, the eyes get red, and they will square off. <laughs> They'll square up with you, dog. What is that, a whale ring? Like, well, not a oh. whale ring. Whale ring. That thing would be too big. Something <laughs> was huge, and it was like, oh, you think you're going to capture me? It's like, nah, bro, nah, you ain't going to capture me. But honestly, I like that mechanic. I mean... And even, um, I'm not sure if you guys caught it, but even when you were sneaking up behind a Pokemon, around the edges of the screen, it starts to go a little bit dimmer or darker or to some extent, because if the Pokemon's starting to like, suspect you, that's what that mechanic was for. So I really like that. Um, and even if you throw your Pokeball once and you capture it, that's awesome. Throw it um, once and it doesn't capture it, like they're like, square up. Like, mm-hmm. come on, let's square up. And I, and I, I like that. Um, because there are times where we just want to capture Pokemon <laughs> and we don't want to be bothered with a battle. Like if our Pokemon are low and all that stuff and we just want to shink. Throw that bit. And Pokemon, so you're just running around with Pokemon finds you. It's just like, hmm. <laughs> and then she's like a flamethrower as you get knocked out. <laughs> and you know, you have to react. It's just like, oh, oh, you, you thought. And so, you know, there's still... So that aspect is really cool. It's, it's new, it's fresh. Um, but then obviously, you know, the bread and butter of Pokemon is always going to be battling. You know, it's going to be that turn-based, you know, system. And, you know, if you throw your own Pokemon out, then that becomes very traditional Pokemon, where it's turn-based, you know, you have your four moves, you have your type, you know, type chart, where some moves are effect, some types are effective against other types and stuff like that. That element is still there, which which is good. I do enjoy that rigmarole. But um, they did change up the battle system by having the strong style and the agile style. So if it's a strong style, if you, you can switch each individual move to a strong style, which means the move will be way more effective or way more powerful, but you may not attack after a while after using it. And then, and well, and, and let me finish this. And then there's that agile style, which increases your like your speed, so you can do way more attacks, way more frequently. But the attacks are let have less power or less effective against that enemy Pokemon. Now this element, I've been waiting for something like this, honestly, because um, if you um. We're paying attention to the top right-hand corner of the screen. Every time that trainer in the video was getting into battle, it showed like like 
the order of moves. And after you initiate a strong or agile style like attack where strong with the power goes up and the speed goes down and vice versa with the agile style, you can actually see the change of order and then that will create for better strategies to see what we're going to do next. And imagine, um, hopefully it has this mechanic when we battle other trainers, duos. Do you know how awesome that would be to just see like who's going to do what and then we can strategize around that. But you always have that um, independent factor of the other trainer picking um, a different style for a different move. And that would change everything around. And that Pokemon, I'll give you a round of applause for that one. What it reminds me of, even though this might be a stretch, um, is another Nintendo property, kind of, sort of. Well, actually, no, it's all Nintendo. Berkeley Default, where they have, um, there's a mechanic where you can brave and you can do extra perform extra turns because it's still a turn-based rpg where you can perform extra turns and you know still do extra stuff to um have more damage output at the risk of you not being able to attack as many turns later or you can defend in default where it doesn't where you're basically essentially blocking but um your next few attacks will be a little bit weaker or something like that and so i think they're kind of sort of just trying to change up the way the flow of the game is versus it just being all right you use tackle all right metapod used harden all right then they use tackle all right metapod used tackle again and it's just this boring back and forth back and forth where, it, where you have the strong and agile style you can possibly one-shot stuff and get it over with early game and then later where it's a lot more open with move sets across all the pokemon where you think you might one-shot that onyx and it with a strong style move and it doesn't and it costs you a two or three turns and he uses iron tail all three turns and wipes you mm -hmm. so i think that's really cool I me me per personally as a JRPG like I like turn based game. I think that's just really cool. I, I that's like one of my favorite things, honestly. <laughs> so anything to shake up the whole back and forth is good, and that's a good. It's very basic, but it's a good basic thing to do. Like just to at least freshen it up a little bit. Well, yeah, and that's that's you know part of what Pokemon fans have been asking for years now is just something different, not you know change things up. And I will say this about Sun and Moon, um, and I played most of the game. I never, as I said, I didn't beat it. I probably played like seventy five percent of the of the main story, but they got rid of gems to completely focus on you know the challenges, which I believe you know was a nice new approach because. You had to think of different ways of using your team. You had to do, think of different ways of battling. Um, yeah, I did like that too. You know, um, and I did feel like a breath of fresh air for that, you know, that series. Um, and then we go Sword and Shield and we go, we go right back into the gyms. And it's just like, I, I like the gym challenge, but it wasn't enough to keep you like 
super interested in it. Right. Engaged in actual battle. Mm -hmm. It just felt very samey, samey every time. Right. And speaking of like, you know, differences, um, one of the things that stood out to me immediately is that it seems that there is going to be a bigger emphasis on story on this than there is in the previous games. And, you know, be, because this is approaching Pokemon gameplay in such a different fashion, you know, the fact that, you know, you have different parts of like different tribes, essentially, that you're, you're, you're constantly going towards. And there's, you know, the people are still fearful of Pokemon. This is Pokemon are not a domesticated thing at, in this, you know, society. They're very much a danger. And, you know, they have like, I, I forgot what they call them in the trailer, but there's two separate types of missions where there's one that are basically like, kind of like fetch quests, like, hey, I need this Pokemon or I need to take a, you know, I need to see X, Y, and Z or I need this to be made. And then there's other missions that advance the story so that you're actually you know, pushing forward in some type of narrative and it's going to be refreshing because that narrative is not consolidated by, Oh, you have to go to this gym. Oh, you go into this new town. All right, go to the gym. All right. Defeat the, you know, rival team. Uh, all right, go into the next gym. All right, go into this. Like it's, it feels like it's going to, it's going to open up to such, to much, much bigger narrative elements, big, you know, bigger story things that you can actually like, right in true right. open world in true open world game fashion era open world gaming yeah with the missions and requests um that i really love to see because instead of um just going through our regular pokemon games we go from town to gym oh wait meet our rival battle our rival go through all that stuff i'm glad that element of and it may be unpopular. I'm glad that element of having a rival is over with so we could focus on, hey, let's make a good story, not keep a repetitive story because uh, at the beginning at the beginning of every Pokemon game, there's always like, oh, this is your whose phone is that? That's mine. Hold on. Oh, okay. <laughs> you da 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 da. But uh, anyway, but um yeah, at the beginning of every game, oh, here's a rival. Um, you're gonna, he's gonna be your rival forever. Blah blah blah, and all this stuff. Battle him. But I want a more in depth story since we're gonna get. I know we're gonna get that. Like this is the creation of like of the Sinnoh League, of the Sinnoh region, if, um, as a whole. So, and we also have the main like, um, legendary Pokemon Arceus himself, which is the Pokemon of creation. No, so. Literally, God, literal like God, God. The literal God that G-O-B. uses judgment. Uses judgment in its God. You, God, use judgment. You have been smited. You are now in hell. Bruh, I um, just imagine a Pokemon <laughs> him using judgment, and that Pokemon just ceases to exist. Like they don't faint, they don't die, they just evaporate. Like he gets deleted from the code of the game. I don't feel too good, God. <laughs> it fades away out of existence like it just Thanos snapped all over the place. Oh, uh, but I love it. Yeah, and, you know, that bigger emphasis on story just makes me f- f- make it feel like an, you know, an actual RPG. 
Right. Gasp. And then an RPG simulator. <laughs> an actual real RPG that has, like, you know, consequences to your actions in the story. Possibly. Side, right. A genuine side quest. Um, An objective that isn't, oh, I need to become the champion. I want to be the... And that's it. <laughs> I want to be the strongest. All right, kid. So does everybody else. Cool. Uh, so did Ash, but how many seasons in the anime did it take for him to get a Pokemon League win? I'm just saying. <laughs> I want to be the best. Um, loses. Goes to another region. Let's try this again. What? <laughs> loses. He does. <laughs> He's and, like, all right, I fucked that one up. All right, let's go somewhere else. And no, what does he do? He just stores his Pokemon with Professor Oak all the way back in the Kanto region. And he doesn't even take them along, other than Pikachu. You're right. Other than Pikachu. And he just starts like, fresh every, like, bruh, if you just had your team from the last, <laughs> you would exactly. be steamrolling everybody. Exactly. I, I understand that you want to, like, increase your Pokedex, like, info and all that stuff. But, bro, you struggling with some of these gems now. Oh. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, I remember. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go for it. Oh, oh. I remember one gem. He, he was struggling so bad. He was thinking about evolving Pikachu. Like, bro. I remember that. Pikachu was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm comfortable being Pikachu and all that stuff, but um, yeah. Again, Ash, worst protagonist, and nobody can change my mind because he he's was not dumb. that. He's not that bad. He's not that bad. The decent. Okay, now I have two things to go on. One, if you want to read, have some really good Pokemon story, read the Pokemon manga. That junk is lit. Um. What? Aren't people dying in the manga or yes. something like that? <laughs> the, oh, the, man. The manga gets real, boy. Yeah, funny, funny because it's coming from Pokemon. <laughs> but it's like the, the manga, basically, Ash is personified as red, and it's a completely yeah. different character. Um, Gary is personified as blue, and again, it's a completely different character. Like Visually, they look similar, but the way they approach things, the way the story goes... Uh, the gym leaders are all different. Like it's 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 a really good story. I haven't read all of them because they do a new manga for each you know generation. But uh, the first two generations, so Pokemon Red, Blue, Green, Yellow, Gold, Silver, and Crystal, they all culminate into this one big story, and it's it's really really good. Um, but to to try to bring it back, um, another aspect that I found cool was that you're literally developing the first ever Pokedex. And I think that's such a cool concept, like lore wise and gameplay wise. Cause it, yes. cause if you think about like the modern Pokemon games, it, it kind of doesn't make okay. sense because it's like, Oh, you see the Pokemon, you capture it and instantly you have all this data on it. Like it doesn't make sense. And it's like, you know, you're, ca- you're taxed with finding all the Pokemon and getting this data, but I'm like, the data's kind of already on the, the, the device. <laughs> you don't really need me for that. It's already there. But this makes sense from a lore standpoint that, yeah, like, you're you're basically f- getting the field experience about these Pokemon. You're learning what they like. You're, you're learning what foods they react to. You're actually, like, st- doing research on these Pokemon. It's pretty cool that you could actually, 
it canonically it makes sense. Like they're saying that this is the first encounter of any type of Pokemon research whatsoever. So you have to make it so that way you're doing all the work. You're coming with all the research, you're coming up with all the data. You need to find out the height, the weight, the blood type of that Pokemon. Right. And then, I mean, this is a really cool concept for a game too, because all that all that random end of knowledge that just we get from the get-go has to come from somewhere. Mm -hmm. So boom, we here we are making it. Now the technology of the Pokeball being able to transform monsters into like light particles, <laughs> that's kind of ridiculous for hundreds of years ago. But but you know, it it's 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 Pokemon. It's anime. Yeah. I mean, at least this game is taking a better direction story-wise because um, as Deontay said with the Pokedex, is the information's already there. Last thing anybody needs is a 70-year-old professor sending out a 10-year-old out into the world with these dangerous creatures and get information on Pokemon he already has. So of uh, the the creation process of this is going to be awesome. And again, with our um game's main legendary Pokemon Arceus, the Pokemon of creation, I think it's just um, it, it's a double entendre to some extent, that one Pokemon. And you realize that it's called Pokemon Legends Arceus. They've said nothing. They've shown nothing about Arceus itself. Right. So Probably a good thing. Yeah. But, I mean, that's that's pretty cool that we know, you know, our we already know that that's the god Pokemon. But that's mm -hmm. going to be cool, like, story-wise, that we could possibly find out, hey, this is how people find out it's the god Pokemon. Or, you know, we find out, you know, it's true relationship to humans. And maybe we'll see Dialga and Palkia in here and Giratina in here. Like, it, it opens up so much cool narrative things that's going on. Right. Get to throw perfume at Giratina during my <laughs> in-world. You seen during the, the gameplay trailer, you just throwing shit at yeah. the... <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. I believe they called it Noble Pokemon. Um, yeah, yeah. So like so, the noble was like yeah. basically boss Pokemon. Yeah, um, and I I find it interesting. I'm I am indifferent about noble Pokemon because I like the element of being able to operate around a Pokemon without your Pokemon like doing all the work and all that stuff. You throw things at it, and then like when it has a weak spot, yeah, you use a Pokemon to like get into that like cookie cutter formula for pokemon with the turn-based system and stuff like that right, but right. then again i'm like um this why i'm again i'm indifferent i don't hate it i don't love it per se but i'm just like i'm it's not i'm yeah, excited it about it because it, it again it's something cool it's new gives us a reason to have a dodge mechanic in a Pokemon, game. <laughs> no, Pokemon. I mean, think about it. Think about how like they have Earth boss Earth. full boss encounters in here. Like you see that you see remember that scene in the gameplay trailer? We had that Pokemon that had those two axes for hands cutting down trees. Yeah. Yeah. Dodge that. Like I don't I don't want to get cut by two axes <laughs> out in the wild and lose my life. No. It's it's cool how they the some of these encounters are. It's just like these super powerful Pokemon just out in the wild. Are actually destroying things. Are you can see why these things are dangerous? Yeah, but canonically, how is that going to relate to the rest of the Pokemon franchise with these noble Pokemon? Um, right, that is a new terminology. I I feel like it's just one of those situations where 
you know, event like like if you just think about actual animals, eventually we domesticated animals, and it got to the point where over time, you know, dogs became less of these, you know, hunter yeah, things, feral, yeah, feral beings, and you know, over time they became more friendly, more domesticated, more you know, calm around humans and stuff like that. Um, I I think it's a situation like that where. Because, you know, as they said, Pokemon is, like, scary. They don't know a lot of information about them. So maybe, like, this is the first steps to, hey, now we're starting to understand how Pokemon work, how they react, how, you know, how their environments affect whatever, you know. Mm. I, I see you. I see you. Okay, I'm getting on board with this a little bit more. And speaking of that, also the thing I find it cool in this is that this game features Pokemon that's not found in Gen 4, at least, you know, in Sinnoh that we we, we think of Sinnoh. Um, yes. You see newer Pokemon from Gen 5, 6, and 7 in here. And so it was just like, oh, that's cool. Because I was kind of scared. Are we going to, you know, because it's based on the Sinnoh reason, are we going to be tied to Pokemon only, you know, found in that region? But no, that makes sense historically. Yeah, it would make sense that hundreds of years ago, like we had different types of animals and different species that in the Pokemon region, they would have different types of Pokemon within that same region. And, you know, things change, Pokemon move to different regions and stuff like that. Um, so it's, that means it's a lot of Pokemon that you can choose from that they, well, that they can choose from to like be represented in this game. Yeah. Um, because um, all that Pokemon representation, I believe they called it the, the galaxy expedition team in Jubilee, um, Jubilee city. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that fascinates me. Uh, if you don't mind uh, me talking about um, Jubilee City, yeah, I'll I, I, I to go there. Go ahead. Okay, so um, I wrote down in my notes they have medical security and um, survey cores that you can join, but they only talked about you, the player, having the survey cores. So hopefully that will be um, something that we can choose from between the three cores, um, and hopefully that would dictate our missions and requests as well. And um, maybe even a little bit of the story. I'm not sure. Um, possibly if, um, playing through the game, changing things around a little bit so um, better serve the core that you're registered under. But if you're only under one core, the survey core that they mentioned, um, it, it'll be a little bit of a letdown, but I still would like that option. Mm-hmm. So that, that brings me to another thing that I found really interesting. Um, obviously, yeah, Jubilife, that's the name of the city in um Pokemon Brilliant Di- I mean Diamond and Pearl I think that's like the third city you travel to um but I found it real interesting that Team Galactic was a thing back then and you know they weren't a villain's team they were probably just a tribe or you know a a a, a I want I want to say corporation but like just a, a grouping of people trying to either capture Pokemon or try to domesticated we don't know their their true thing but the fact that they're just like hey this is the galactic or whatever the galaxy they, they call it the galaxy something clan um it was galaxy expedition team i said it yeah galaxy expedition, galaxy expedition. which makes expedition. which again makes me like wow what if this is like the start of the idea of team galactic and maybe like because you know if in 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 the story team galactic they're very like hell-bent on freeing 
Dialga and Palkia using their powers and whatever. Like, what if this was like just the start of that idea and it was like passed down through years about, you know, the use of these intergalactic Pokemon and maybe that was like the foundations of this this whole teamwork and why they basically became like a cult <laughs> leading up into and Pokemon. With them. Right. <laughs> Everybody thought they were crazy. I'm like, we started this. <laughs> we started this. So oh. it's an interesting concept. Hopefully it'll get they'll drive the point home. Right. So. Ooh, and what if we have the option because of those different cores, um, we're required to have certain Pokemon on our team, maybe. Um, to better serve the core for missions and um uh, requests i don't know maybe interesting so it's like you know the, the more we see about this game the more excited i get about it because i remember that first reveal and that jump was run at like 12 frames per second and- yeah that, that jump was looking yeah chunky. i don't know what that was <laughs> i don't know what that was but they definitely oh, oh max you, you cut out i did yes Okay, I'll say that again. Um, yeah, that would that looked terrible, but they definitely redeemed themselves with this second gameplay trailer. Yeah, it was it was looking chunky, boy. Man, when I first heard of this game, I first I was pre-ordering um Brilliant Diamond. We'll, we'll go Diagla, and the guy at GameStop was like, "Do you want to pre-order Pokemon Arceus?" I'm like, "Heck yeah!" Uh, I mean, uh, he he upselled you, boy. <laughs> I, 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 I know he. I know he did he that. Okay, he, he got his quota. He's like, all right, all right, let me. Well, he already pre-ordered one Pokemon game. Hey, uh, you interested in uh, the other one? <laughs> like, yeah, he got me. He got me. But, <laughs> but I, I already knew. I heard of the uh, remake for Sinnoh. I'm just like Arceus. It's one of my favorite Pokemon, like favorite legendary Pokemon. Let me get on this track because he he was God. Never... God. <laughs> Pokemon Legends, G-O-D. <laughs> oh, man. I, I love this. This is this is going to be quite even, a game, y'all boys. Even looking at the current trailer, like the newest one that came out, it still looks slightly rough, but it doesn't look as bad as it did. Yeah. Like they smoothed out some of the edges. I can't tell if it still runs at thirty or if that's like a fifty nine or like oh no we a twenty nine. We, we we're definitely not getting no sixty. I I can, I can pretty much guarantee that. Well, oh yeah, Nintendo has a standard. Maybe that might work some some wizardry like I don't know Mario Kart Eight Deluxe where that game just runs like butter. Look, mm. it's it's Game Freak. Uh, who's developing Legends Arceus, and they've notoriously in the past has been really terrible about optimizing their games, even on Nintendo systems. Um, so I'm not I'm not expecting anything better than 30 FPS. I expect there's probably going to be some dips in performance, because um, that's just that's just Game Freak. They're just that's just how they do. Yeah. Honestly, honestly, that may only be around when you get to the Alpha Pokemon and maybe the Noble Pokemon. I didn't see a whole lot of that in the trailer, but um, those um, bigger characters may be a lot for them to just make everything fluid, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, um, 
we're a little over an hour. Any final thoughts to wrap up our discussion on Pokemon Legends Arceus? I wish it luck. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, though, because the game, I mean, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, everybody seems to like it because it's a return to form. I'm just hoping that it's a new game that it kind of goes in the right direction and it's what the fans want. Because I'm not, I'm not, I can't consider myself a fan because I haven't been really like following the, the series heavily as of lately. I mean, I've played a few of the games, like I said, but, and I've only beaten Gold and, and Ruby. So I really do hope that the game does well and is successful. Ooh, um, let me hop Oops. on in. Okay, so final thoughts. I'm I know I'm gonna love this game, and I you and if you're a Pokemon game, if you're a really big Pokemon <laughs> fan, Pokemon game, can you yes. hear me? game, you're gonna love this. Uh, game. You, you were muted, <laughs> but I um, was muted this whole time. I was talking. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll I'll finish my shtick. Okay, fast on to you. But um, if you're a new Pokemon fan, um or a returning Pokemon fan, you're gonna love this game. And my only gripe, and it's so small, I know it's just so small. At the beginning of the game, I wanted to be able to choose my skin color because as um, I felt alike, as a person of color, I would like to be represented in Pokemon games. I've seen you it happen in prior games. You know how Pokemon does with their customization stuff. It's going yeah. to be 100% bare bones. There's mm. gonna be no options. You gotta have like four different hair options like three different skin color yeah. options and you can be boy or girl and that's gonna be it there's nothing else uh i already know that's gonna be the case because i saw clothes hair eyebrows i'm like so you can put cornrows on <laughs> on dawn but you won't get a brother let a brother get cornrows i see how it is i'm saying no and it's always there they've always been terrible like pokemon customization is the bottom of the barrel Hey, they're doing their best. They're getting they're getting better. It's not good enough. Uh, look, not. At, look at Sun and Moon. They they put some braids in there. Because oh, yeah. you know, because it's 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 based on the Hawaiian Islands. It's Pacific Islander. They have to. They have to, or people would outrage. They don't have to with this game, so they're not going to, because it's Nintendo. I just want my uh, nappy hair in a video game. <laughs> right. Um, this game seems really cool. It genuinely seems really cool. It seems like they immersive, like an actual open world RPG. I just hope they don't pull a Nintendo. Nintendo sucks at the quality of life stuff, like the small stuff. Yeah. Um, I really hope that it's not like that. But I'm not. I'm not. I, I don't really have any expe expectations for that to be good. So I'm pretty sure there's going to be plenty of gripes with the game when it comes out. But you know, it, it looks good, Nintendo. Good job. <laughs> Why are you yelling at them? He's like, it looks good, Nintendo. Good job. It did Brian. nothing wrong. Now Brian's thoughts. Um, yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, I'm hoping it gives me that Breath of the Wild itch, where it's just like a game where I just can be like, ooh, let me do this next. Ooh, let me do this next. Ooh, let me do this next. Um, and, you know, I haven't felt like that for a while. Um, I I just started playing Halo Infinite's campaign, and I got into the part where it opens up. Um, 
because like the first two three ish levels are like traditional halo um but like i I got to the point where it opened up and i was like oh i could do this and it's like i want to stop here but let me go do this and i i loved when that happens to me in a game that means i know i'm all the way in you know and i haven't felt like that since really breath of the wild where it's just like you have this big world you get absorbed in it and you just want to learn everything about it you want to learn about the people you want to learn about you know these different areas you want to explore you want to just know everything and just really get immersed and so i'm hoping it can do that for me there's gonna be a nice big old dumpster fire and it does none of that hey dumpster fires can be nice they provide warmth <laughs> and they smell like anyway <laughs> um so yeah i think we're gonna wrap up um this was this was fun having you in here clayton it was nice. I, didn't, I didn't have fun at all clayton <laughs> well forget you too we were supposed to be clarinet brothers no you told you i play accordion i'm playing these lies <laughs> you're gonna make me peek on my mic bro oh my god did that on saturday we don't need any more of that I already turned down the game. Oh yeah, Clay, Blame you Clay, you were wild on Saturday, dog. No, you were no, no, loud. No. Blame the other people, bro. Blame the other people. <clears throat> I didn't drink. You. <laughs> okay, I, I mean Max. Max is just. We know Max yells in games, but he was far <laughs> away. <laughs> he was far away when he was yelling. Scared, bro. Clay, you were like microphone to your like teeth in your esophagus <laughs> y'all so lucky i have this um, compressor on or y'all would hear the chattering of my teeth on my microphone bro there was a point where there was a point where deontay was like i it's like i can't turn him down any lower <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is it because i had three other people in my room Jeez, so my room ain't that big that was gonna bounce I was scared. I was frightened. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! All right, all right y'all. Um, you can find the Sound Test Podcast on all of the major podcast uh, hosting platforms: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Castbox, and it's, of course, it's on YouTube. So, yeah, just do the thing. You know, rate it. Subscribe. Do it and do it now. <laughs> five stars. Yeah, go go shoot for five stars if you like this quality of um foolishness. Um, He's asking me, "Hey, did you enjoy that match?" And I'm like, "No." <laughs> I, I came. Not. I came in 20th place right. out of 20. <laughs> right. All right, y'all. See y'all in the next one. All right. Peace. Later, folks. Good. Bye.